0: We should all just look back at it and remember the moments that took our breath away. We have to remember the friendships we got to form and the lessons that we learned. So from all of us, thank you. From the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this incredible journey. It's been an honor, a privilege, and a joy to share this experience with all of you. Thank you so much.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Uprising. hi craig hey man i just noticed the like temporary message that craig shows before the like audio loads is craig is thinking and i feel like that just builds upon this like narrative we've been slowly developing of craig's inevitable march towards sentience
0: yeah what was it there was a something that i saw that like ai built um i can't remember what it was but it was like I just remember seeing it and being like, that's exactly how a human being thinks about that one thing. And it was like, it scared me. It And it wasn't like the most efficient way. It was just how a human thinks about it. And I was just like, no, stop it. Don't. It like, it was, I can't remember. It did, was something about like procrastination or something like that.
1: But did, was it an AI looking at the Overwatch playoff bracket and going, what, what the heck is this garbage? Why did you do choose your opponent's team
0: selection? No, but you know what I will say? snowy is greater than any predictor any ai any anything because snowy just knew literally exactly what was going to happen and i absolutely uh insert clap applause uh snowy and his ability to know exactly what was going to happen with a dumb level of precision i'm i'm furious i didn't
1: get a script writing credit on the uh the outro from the overwatch league finals i'm i'm disappointed yeah, so this is the weekly uprising. I'm one of your hosts Snowy. I'm joined tonight by Danny, and we are talking about the playoffs, which was wild, uh, in part for the reasons that Danny is alluding to. so danny, what are you what are you referring to when you talk about my my precognitive
0: abilities? So i'm um, I don't want to say a narcissist or something, but i I listen to the podcast that I put out every <laughs> single week. Uh, as part of it, making sure that if there's certain words I use as a vocal tick, I try to you know make sure to not do them the next time. And other times, you know, I just go, "That guy Danny, he has opinions identical to what I have," so I just like <laughs> listen to them when I drive in. So I will listen to my podcast, you know, when when it comes out. And this guy Snow, our, our just, podcast, um, yes, yes. But uh, for the purposes uh, of pure narcissism, I'm going to say mine.
1: Um, <laughs> You skip you fast forward the parts where anyone else talks two times speed, three times speed. Oh, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. But so I'm listening to this podcast, and this guy Snowy goes, You know this team Atlanta? You know this team that has just dominated the entire regular season. I bet they're gonna lose to the spark, and then we're gonna beat London, and then they're gonna lose to London, and they're just gonna snap as if they never existed in the playoffs. And it happened. it was the craziest thing it was as soon as they lost to the spark i was just like okay maybe apex you know better than i expected but then when atlanta lose uh, lost to london like and it was just it was exactly what snowy said would happen and i think what was your do you remember what your bracket going into the actual playoffs was? Because mine was just the four best teams. So I was three out of four was correct. I basically swapped out Atlanta for Hangzhou, and that was what I said. But I feel like you said the exact bracket for the top four. I don't remember. I feel like I would have probably guessed
1: fuel beating Houston, which clearly did not happen. Um but yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty happy that I that I called that. That was big swing you know, blind squirrel finds a nut energy. And I was right with the shock and plans being out in two. I thought, all right, let's double down on this. Maybe I should have filled out a bracket for the, for the actual thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it was a wild playoffs and I, I watched a little bit of both East quote unquote and West quote unquote, right. Top bracket, bottom bracket, whatever you want to call it. It's arbitrary. Um, but yeah, it was very satisfying to see Atlanta just like, Oh, you gotta buy and no one's seen you play in like a month and a half. Oh, okay. Well, you're gonna get reverse swept and then you're gonna lose to London. Bye-bye. It was very deeply satisfying.
0: Yeah, I remember when uh we were playing Hangzhou, and um so I mean, I don't know, I don't know what your plan is because you seem to like have a plan and put it on paper or something, but uh so basically when we were playing Hangzhou and we were up 2-0 against them, I remember I was super stoked. And uh, my wife was like, oh, is this good? And I go, no, don't. This is what they did to Atlanta. I was like, I just got to wait. I just got to wait. And then it was one map gone. And then it was two maps gone. And I go, oh, do not do this to me. And then guess what they did?
1: Yeah, they I, did it to me. <laughs> I have a buddy who has was into Overwatch League a lot more previously and then kind of fell off, but he was catching up on playoffs, I guess. And let me see if i can find the exact timing of the message but it's after we go up 2-0 against hangzhou and that's when he messages me and goes wow apparently atlanta got beaten they got reverse swept and i was like yeah i know boston's playing them right now they're up 2-0 and he goes lol wouldn't it be funny if boston gets reverse swept (laughs) and then it happens and i i was furious
0: yeah, I mean, looking at the roster, right? So you're looking at Gushue, who gets to play... It's not like it's like a Reinhardt or Zarya meta, right? Like, Gushue gets to sometimes play his, like, ultimate comfort pit pick as, you know, Winston, and then gets to play, you know, dive-centric-ish stuff. And then it's Shy and to leave. It's like, it's a team that you just can't feel confident against. There's not, like... It, It's just, there's not a, uh, you can't be in any fight and be like, oh, I guess we ultimately win. It's just like, leave and Shy are on the other side. Like, Mm -hmm. they could at any point take it over, right? So it's a very, um, it's a game that you have to make sure you're at your absolute best, and even then it might not quite be enough, right? Like, Shy was, the year he came out was just one of the, best players that came out of that entire region. It was just people were blown away by this guy. And then Leave won the NVP the year before. Mm-hmm. So it's just these are absolutely two DPS that you cannot sit on. And it's as much as we you know talked about oh APAC can't oh sorry. We, honestly you gave them more credit. I gave them no credit. As much as I talked about APAC can't be a good region because they've been playing against Mickey Mouse like, region games. and yeah, exactly. yeah contenders um, team. It, at the end of the day, these are very top tier of top tier players. So you know, as long as you can get Guishway on something that he can be really good at, including Winston maps, like on top of the Leave Shy duo, it's just you could put. You know, honestly, I was a Lucio player at one point. You could put Snowy and Danny Rand on the back line of that, and we would win probably a good amount of games. Like it's just it, it's an incredible front line that you just can't sleep on i just chose to sleep on it because they were playing against little league teams um and it was it was one of those games that i think a big part of honestly our entire playoff run in general was we seemed to i'm assuming something happened in scrims where we were just really good at playing the genji and Uh. it seemed like in the games if the genji worked it worked hard like it was yeah you just can't deal with decay get ready boyo it's just he's gonna come in he's gonna do his dash uh resets he's gonna have the blade and then if it didn't work it just didn't work and this feels like a less um uh, not aggressive but like a less blatantly obvious version of when uh, the outlaws were in the playoffs that one season the like Zarya Roadhog meta the 2020 season they were like hard into Farah and then they just got absolutely dumpstered by Boston who hadn't won like more than one game in 17 weeks or something like that and then uh Harsha was talking and he was like yeah, in scrims, the Farage has worked, and it worked on every single map. So we just did that in the playoffs. It feels like a similar situation where the Genji probably just worked in the playoffs and it, or in the uh, scrims, and it just was something that happened to be very successful. And then now we come back into the actual playoffs, we're staring in the headlights, and it just sometimes doesn't work, but when it does work, it's really good. So it just feels bad to like switch him off of the Genji. It, it's one of those things that it's when you're on both ends of the bell curve, it, it feels bad to go off of it just because there's those mm-hmm. super potential moments.
1: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Harsha and Scrimbucks, which seems to have been Houston's curse. I wonder a little bit if that was part of what we were dealing with this time. I also just think like, and and I will say, I actually ended up not being able to go, but I did get to to do some cool press stuff uh, with the League, which was really fun. And and shout out to Ready, Set, Pwn, folks, for getting me invited to that Discord. But I asked, I had a chance to ask Birdring after the first time we beat London. Well, the second time, actually, if you include plans. But is it hard switching from, you know, a hero like Bastion to a hero like Sojourn? Is it hard trying to play you know, Genji in these different styles. And, you know, he kind of laughed and and didn't really have an answer. Like, oh, Bastion is sort of just this utility hero. Like, it's not a very challenging hero to play. I just play Sojourn, like, the best I can. And I think I'm wondering how much of that was also the mentality with, like, oh, keep Decay on Genji. Like, he's a great Genji. Like, this is going well. But I just think what I'm getting at is I'm wondering if we got locked into playing against London so many times that we were underprepared for literally the meta itself or just like an average comp being run in this playoff set because we very decisively beat London three times between play-ins and playoffs. And it feels like with London 3-0-ing Atlanta that maybe we were the only team that could have done that. And I think the Genji was a big part of that because you need some way to counter the enemy bastion and I don't know, get into the backline behind the Rhine shield. It just was very frustrating to see us locking into that. And I know I've been hot and cold on Decay's Genji this whole time. I think I texted you when he was doing well, like, Oh, there's something to this Decay kid on this Genji. And then, like you said, it's kind of hit or miss. And it felt like we missed a few times.
0: Yeah. And there's, something to the thing you're very prepared for making sure that you can uh, attack on that thing you're prepared for. And then if you have to pivot halfway through, I think if any team could do it, we were the team that could have done it right. We're a team of, there hasn't been a team of veterans more than us in like history at this point. Right? Like, I mean, Twilight didn't play with us a ton, but it was still like, just the pedigree of this team is, has basically been non-existent in any other team at this point. Maybe uh, that one year that fusion made the absolute um, the, the, the super team, but like car base mm-hmm. part of it. So obviously you just do whatever car wants to do, but uh, regardless, there's something to be said about like you have a plan and you just kind of need to stick to it unless every single person is completely on board that we need to pivot out of this. Yeah. But all of that being said, the, big thing with the maybe it was the hangzhou game maybe it was having to play london a few times Um god i lost it i just lost it um
1: <laughs> getting reversed up by hangzhou definitely didn't feel great but i don't i think to your point you know you've talked a lot about this team can stare in the headlights and not blink i do think we went into finals like eyes wide open fully prepared to take on florida as best we could i think that that ended up being a th- well are we done are we done with the playoff shenanigans because yeah this whole thing was a very extended bracket run so again tldr spark beat us to come out of the top bracket we beat london to come out of the losers round of top bracket florida crushes and just 3 houston 3 O's dallas then houston 3 O's. well loses to florida but then 3 O's the infernal 3 O's dallas so get this in reverse order of number of maps one in playoffs without looking would you like to guess the ranking from worst to best
0: uh so maps one from worst to best mm-hmm. okay um
1: and we'll, we'll, say... we'll put everyone at six equally just because obviously
0: if you won twice you only played six maps or you only won six maps. uh infernal yep okay and then so dallas did like pretty well i mean at infernal dallas atlanta Atlanta. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So Infernal, won two, Atlanta, Atlanta part, then, then Dallas.
1: Then the yes. okay, so
0: Infernal, Atlanta, then Dallas, then
1: us? Uh, no, we won eight total, but six if you're just counting matches, we won. Uh, London won a combined total of five. Mm-hmm. Took one against us each time and then three out Atlanta. Okay. And then, yeah, once you get to six, it, it, everyone above that doesn't matter because you've won twice and you make it through. But I think technically Boston had eight map wins, which would put us at number one. Is that right? Yes, because we had the most map wins in our loss because we got reversed. We were the only reverse swept team that made it out.
0: Yeah, this was a. So I got a. I have a dad who's like a hardcore Boston sports fan, and uh, he has a vested interest in the uprising only because I have a vested interest. And uh, we had a party like just after we had. Mm-hmm. the end of the postseason and i was like yeah so uh we played against florida and we did like the best against any other team so as far as i'm concerned and he finished by saying, he goes oh you're the second best team he was just like that's, <laughs> that's just what it is right yeah and that's actually, mean, like there's been so many Bruin seasons where it's just been like oh we beat the we barely lost to the team that won it all and then they ended up winning it all and crush everyone ahead of them so it he completely understood the sentiment of yeah we are actually the second best team that came out of this whole thing
1: yeah i am i there's two ways to think about getting beaten i think one is the like revenge mentality where you're like well i hope they lose but the other which i'll call the hopium mindset or the copium mindset rather is oh well you know they're the best team they beat everybody and you know we kept it super close so obviously we're number 2 um yeah heading into heading into finals houston surprisingly, beats Hangzhou 3-0. Florida beats us 3-1 in what I think is not even just me fanboying, but seems to be like internet consensus was effectively the finals. Like, we played Florida a lot closer than Houston did in the actual grand finals match, which ended up with Florida beating them 4-0.
0: 100%. I mean, we understood how to play multiple different map types, and it was just... Yeah, we it, threw
1: everything it, at Florida and, and it, it might have had the most pick counter pick counter counter pick I've, I've ever seen in an owl match.
0: Yeah. And it was, I, I remember I was, so unfortunately I was like out with some friends who had like just gone on like a big trip and they're like, oh, well, let's all go out to dinner and we'll all talk about my big trip. And I'm just in the corner, like watching this game on <laughs> my phone like, and I'm it? just like, okay. oh yeah, how was Germany? I'm sure that was fun. I'm like, this is way more important than the
1: one earbud in listening to baseball on AM radio. Kind uh, of no, it was, of it part. was
0: me just being like, it's cute that you had a fun time in Europe. This is Florida playing Boston right now. I don't know if you understand <laughs> what's actually happening right now, and so I had to go back and rewatch it. But yeah, it was just, and even the casters understood. It seemed like there was a a mindset of this is like an opening to what the pedigree of the playoffs is going to be, and I don't know if it was because that was like one of the first games in the final four that kind of uh tainted the well but it seemed like after that there was a bit of a like oh yeah the good team's doing good and oh yeah the bad team's doing bad it's it it felt like this was exactly as you said this should have been the grand finals at this uh, out of the the top four and and i don't say that to like
1: oh if we could have been best of seven instead of best of five we could have had like this just was objectively an insanely close match and right think, and it
0: seems like everyone who knows about this game also felt the exact same way,
1: yes, which you know that's satisfying. that's a little bit of copium pat on the back um but I think it's I think it's true. I think if you look at New junk City in particular, which probably had the most like hero swapping, especially on tank, it's just incredibly close, incredibly back and forth, like nail biting constantly. And it came down just to little things like getting freaking Choi down to like two health on Sigma and not finishing the Elim. And he just hovers around a corner and then whoop, the rest of Florida is diving Smurf in this little hallway playing tiny Overwatch. Like the things that we could rely on previously, like, oh, I trust that my DPS are going to finish that kill. Or I trust that my healers are able to heal me and manage, you know, any any dives that come their way. With Florida, they were just too good, and we just each each it felt like each hero. Not like it was you know, and everyone for themselves, but it felt like it felt like a team playing against um like hive mind. Like Florida just functioned kind of perfectly at times in team fights and in terms of seeking cover or finding healing or peeling to protect their healers. Like I don't know, it it we talked a lot about how we're like this team of veterans, and Florida is relatively young, like. This just felt like younger, better, faster, stronger, and and I don't know, maybe call it like passing of the torch. But this this was the finals, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, Florida. If you look at the awards that got given this weekend, Gumba, head coach of Florida, coach of the year. Someone, you know, someone. As we had talked about, the most deserving Who'd MVP I said, candidate. Troy?
1: not choice, someone,
0: sorry. Yeah, I'm someone. Saying. Yeah, I, I was going to let that go. But yeah, so someone, um, you know, got the Dennis Sulaco Award. I guess he did some nice guy stuff. I don't really know. I don't follow that stuff. But someone got given the MVP Award like right after that. Like someone who we said was the bread and butter of why Florida gets to be like the best. Gary good. Or, yeah, they get to be the second best at every single thing ever is be- on the back of someone. Mm-hmm. So you've got someone as MVP, you've got Gumba as the best coach of the year at that point. And it just it made sense. And honestly, if I had to pick, uh, I, I don't think we've quite touched on this yet, but you know, the the Overwatch League potentially being at the uh you know limited stretch that is if I had to pick a team to like win it all at the very end, I want like merit <laughs> withstanding. This team was just a team of absolute misfits they kind of went back to their roots the you know the mcdonald's florida mayhem of just misfits and it just it it was a team that showed that if you actually work hard enough these were the goku of the overwatch league (laughs) where like we were the vegeta right we were like destined to be great and yeah don't talk about super because then you go into ultra instinct versus ultra ego but regardless like this was just it, it was a team that even though Gosh darn it, I had to lose to them in the playoffs, but still, if I had to pick a team to win it, if it wasn't going to be me, like, Florida was a bun and felt like a deserving team through this entire Mm -hmm. year to get through it, just because they were this, like, misfit team that really figured it out. Someone was only a tank presence in Overwatch 2, just really took the the I'm-gonna-be-every-tank-by-the-horns type player, and then it just felt like a team that really understood what it needed to do. And it was coached by an incredible coach. And it just, it was, if I had to pick anyone to lose to, this has to be the team that I'm going to lose to.
1: Yes. hundred 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 percent. I, I had been hoping for London to make it out of playoffs and into the finals because I like the chaotic, good energy of that team and of the Chatty. But with us having to face them, it kind of felt like the, what is it, the meme from Thor Ragnarok where it's like, you can't defeat me. And it's like, I know I can't, but he can. You just point to Boston exploding out of the mountain in the distance. Like, Florida deserved this hard. I'm not surprised that they absolutely swept Houston 4-0. I'm more surprised that Houston beat Hangzhou 3-0. It's a little disappointing that we just go from losing to Florida to just absolutely throwing the third place match and technically on paper coming in fourth. I'm going to stick with how I feel and how I think a lot of folks felt, which is, yeah, the Boston-Florida match was like the top quality match of that final Sunday. Um, And I'm also going to say something that's a little bit of a hot take. I'm going to say it now because Danny has stepped away from the microphone, so I have a chance to get through the whole, whole thing and he can react to it later. I'm a fan of the single elimination format. And, you know cancel me, whatever. I don't care. League might be Jover. But it felt like the stakes were much higher. I think if there was one thing I'd have to change, it would just be that both the semis and the finals should be a best of seven. And there should not be a third place match. You just split the prize money evenly. Um, the same that you do with, what was it, like fifth slash sixth place. If you were the the loser of the losers final in the playoffs heading into it.
0: I mean, in my opinion, anything that includes a third place match is just, it's just a poorly designed bracket. It's just, and, and two seconds you know after losing to Florida, right? Like
1: I, I didn't even watch it. I know you said you went, I back didn't watch did. it either. <laughs> I was okay. So I'm assuming we just threw. Cause it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let, let Hangzhou have their win in the 90 K extra prize money. I, I, this was it right this whole season yeah, I, the team was grinded through it and if
0: this is when they get boomed y- you get a pass this match didn't matter there was something in this um the final map or match that the combination of it being a third place match which is like no one wants to fight for that like on it like Han Joe, I'm glad you won third place but I'm sorry if you're scrapping for third match like third place it's just it's a loser's game it's just I'm sorry it's just not something worth fighting for but you're not 1st or last exactly but in the the words of Reese Bobby hell Bobby I was high when I said that you can be second third fourth hell you can even be fifth um, but watching that like in my mind, because I knew the Overwatch League was gonna be where it is, watching that game in like I just was like, I can't watch this game because it might be the last one. And then even when you were like, Oh, can we wait a week to like record? And I said I hadn't even watched the third place game, I was going to watch it, and then I was just like, I, I can't do it. I don't and, like wanna. Yeah, it puts a level of like um uh, certainty or closure that I just don't want. And I don't know if it's even going to be a thing, but I just, I didn't want to look at a game and be like, this is going to be the last time that the Boston Uprising are going to play a game. So I'm not going to watch it. That's just, I'm going to be a stickler, but I'm just not going to watch yeah. it. So if you, if you wanted a in-depth analysis on the third place game, you're not getting it from Danny Rand. No, at least not this one. Maybe the real Danny Rand, but not from me. <laughs>
1: What a weird flex for the actual Danny Rand after this league might be over to be like, you know, I'm going to get into podcasting in this Overwatch League thing. Let me start with the third place match from last year's finals.
0: Oy. I mean, it's not the like uh, weirdest place. You could be like, let me start it, you know, the third game in stage two. It's, you know, it's not sure, the absolute sure. weirdest place, but yeah, it would be weird.
1: Um, But yeah, I mean... It, in my mind, the end was that that match with Florida. That's locked in in my brain as as the finals for this year. And we put up a great fight, and and it was entertaining. And Florida just absolutely deserved to win. Someone deserved all the awards. Team deserves the awards. The coach deserved the awards. I will say, in keeping with my theme of of chaos, I did vote for uh, Bernard for the Houston Outlaws to win MVP, if they had won, which did not happen. So I'm I'm okay with that, but do you know who is the real goat here and the biggest winner from Florida winning the Grand Finals?
0: The viewer? Who are you
1: has just claimed his <laughs> second championship ring while riding the bench.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's taken over Reg's role as like ultimate bench rider. Bench I mean, god. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, when they put out that tweet or the X being like, here are your Overwatch League champions, and like, who are you was in the tweet. I'm just like, okay, come <laughs> Quite on. Quite literally, who are you? What are you doing here? Right. Actually, so something that you talked about uh, last episode that I hadn't, uh, or last segment of us recording, um, Bernard, in particular. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> My MVP th- candidate. Yeah, the, your Houston, MVP. If right? they won. I do not think. All right. I understand that we all hated like the right before the end of the or right before the postseason end of the season signings. Right. And I get that, like, maybe there's an opportunity where it makes sense. You got a visa situation, whatever. But Houston signing Bernard and then playing him for 85 percent of the playoffs and getting to the grand finals. Like, I hate that. The (laughs) fact that you signed a team that apparently was so meta dependent that you needed to sign a dude that like played like benched for Hangzhou two years ago is better than the tank you've been playing year round. I'm sorry. You don't deserve to get to the grand finals. And then I'm glad that at least in that last map, they were like, all right, let's you know, let's finish the way we fought this. And they brought in fearless and that would have been incredible. That would have been like basically a, a copy of when Sh- yeah, when Shanghai had fearless and they brought him in and then reverse swept in the May melee, um, of 2020 against Seoul. But like, that would have been incredible, but regardless, I'm so glad Houston lost because th- they're in you know, basically bonafide cheater. Something's I have no <laughs> idea. I just would have had no respect for a Houston win. If they had just Bernard play the whole time, because they're like, oh, duh, fearless can't play Sigma. Like, I'm sorry. Then sign an off tank player at the beginning of the year. Do not do it right when you need it. I was so angry watching that. And then I was so happy when Houston didn't win a single map in the grand finals because of it.
1: Would you feel any different if Florida had played Who Are You or would it just have like diminished both of those teams making it to finals No
0: cuz Checkmate has played Genji in the past. Florida at least understood that you have to sign a player that can do a thing. If they had Fair signed enough. yeah if they had signed a like a player that, you know, let's say someone is absolutely incapable of playing Nothing. That was a bad person to pick. I don't know. Let's say like RuPaul just can't play Moira for whatever reason. And then they signed Fielder because he just got bottomed out on Atlanta and was the best Moira player, even though somehow that's a thing you can be. Um, But was the best Moira player at the time. That would have felt disingenuous and be like, oh, you should probably sign someone who can play all of the things that they need to play in that position. And just the fact that uh, Houston had a bare bones roster. But was good enough because they signed all the things they needed, then realized, oh, Fearless apparently can't play off tanks. He probably can. He's probably going to show up in my house and hit me. I have no idea. But still, (laughs) like, it's just, it felt so, I was so happy that they did not win. Like, I know Houston fans are, like, they feel like they're, oh, we're the underdogs and we're jaded and we're all this stuff. Like, sit down. I, I just, I was so happy to not see you win a single map in the grand finals because you basically cheated your ways to the grand finals.
1: One one last thing I will say in the, the pro Florida camp, which I do love anything that is for the meme, but with Florida winning this latest and perhaps last grand finals, the bottom four teams from season one have gone on to win every single grand final since season one. How is that for an insane stat about like long-term team building?
0: That is incredible. I remember, uh, yeah, I saw an, an X about that and it was just it it kind of validated my not validated it was just something that i was like oh i remember like way too much about season one and i'm glad other people remember that too like it was like oh cool other people that create content about this league are like wait wait a second i think these were all the worst it was these were the four worst teams season one so Mm -hmm. it's not just me that remembers season one it was awesome
1: back then when it was literally like
0: mcdonald's florida mayhem i have um During the flash sale at the end of season one, when everything was, you know, 90% off and they had these like, I mean, they just call them like 14 ounce glasses, but like they're whiskey glasses. They're like, they have the straight edges and they're kind of short. I bought the Boston one and then one of them broke and I found another one at eBay. And then I bought the Houston one and I bought the Florida one because those were like my three teams at that point. Because mainly Zebosai. Um, was their Lucio player season one, and he was the only person that could even challenge Fraggy at Beard Game, and I was a Lucio player back then. <laughs> and I was like, alright, is my second favorite team. And also, they were, like, just fun. They had the cool walkouts, and you know, they just, they just knew how to be a fun team. So, this is also a nice, you know, full circle thing where it's just... Uh, yeah, don't let yeah. your memes be dreams. Yeah, instead, you know, if you meme hard enough one day... You'll be the best at something, I guess. Is that that sounds poster. like the New England Patriots' current strategy. Um, oh, can I sidebar for like one second? Please do. Dude, I've loved. So I was. Uh, I don't think. I don't think this guy that I'm about to talk about listens to the podcast. But if he does, hey friend. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was out at a bar, or we we're at a restaurant, and it was during one of the Patriots games, uh, or the Patriots game this weekend, and he was just like. I hate it. They're so bad. I got tickets to this game. I'm not even going to go because they're so bad. And I literally was like, someone hasn't had to report on the Boston uprising for six years. And it shows. <laughs> like, I love these new Patriots fans that can't deal with being fans of a bad team. And I'm just like, no guys, you don't, this is the they're best spoiled. Part. They're spoiled. Yeah. And it's like, but right now you get to be like, if you stick by it in like, you know, 15 years when they're good again, you get to be like, Sit down, child. I was a fan of X, Y, Z. That, like, I literally. He goes, "Are you telling me that Boston was once the worst team in the Overwatch League?" I go, "Dude, Boston was at one point the worst organization that got put on paper after season one, Shanghai." I'm like, "They were bad. They were really bad." And I had to Avast watch. The did game. once rank us lower than I
1: think Maryville Esports Collegiate?
0: Yes. And it's like you know, you watched the game and then you came in and then you were like man it was really cool that one time jerry got three kills and then accidentally rolled off the map right like that was just like what this (laughs) podcast was at one point um but anyway yeah i love new younger uh patriots fans that don't remember what it's like to root for a bad team anyways continue talking about overwatch please uh no that's fair that
1: is that is this is the scar building phase of your grizzled veteran fandom that shows up hopefully God, i hope it doesn't take us 15 years to be good again but i guess um but yeah it it, it, it was a nice kind of full circle like haha well <laughs> like bad teams get good and they got good and uh yeah i think it, I don't know that there's much more to say about the Florida match and the Florida winning the whole thing. Again, that was like an excellent grand finals to watch play-ins, playoffs, the double brackets, the losers brackets, the like, it was a little bit of a mess. Like I know people dunk hard on Sean Miller for a lot of it, but I don't know that it's a one person responsible kind of thing. I think they tried a thing and it just did not work as far as like other esports leagues do this. Um, And I think I I said already, I kind of like single elimination. I'm sorry. It it makes it actually matter when you win or lose a map, but it's, it's higher stakes. And I feel like that's, I'd rather have that for at least the semis and the finals drop the third place match than like, they won, but the losers bracket is back again. And now it's just eight hours of watching the same two teams play each other. And if I wanted that, I would just go back and watch Boston versus London, Boston versus London, Boston versus London. Uh, yeah. Which the one thing I think about
0: nine, three. double. Oh, sorry. Um, the one thing I think about double is at least looking at this league in particular, it has created situations where the two best teams play each other kind of a lot. Like the uh, specific, I know, like 2019. You know, Atlanta beats San Francisco, puts them in the losers bracket, and then they like zenkai boost and literally do not lose a single map after that, including winning the grand finals 4-0. And it was, you know, a Vancouver versus San Francisco grand final. So, and and that's the like one example that really sticks my mind, but I feel like it's happened a few times where just the double elimination has made it. So two of the teams that absolutely get to be there, get to be there. And they're not like bottomed out by a trap game like Atlanta this time, right? They just absolutely, (laughs) you know, dumpstered twice in a row. And, you know, they, if you're going to dumpster twice in a row, awesome. Get out of here. But in a single elimination system, if you see Hangzhou beat Atlanta, in the back of your mind for a while, you're going to be like, "Oh man, if Atlanta had a different matchup, would they have been in?" The they play a hundred times. We- Atlanta
1: wins that ninety times out of a hundred. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Right. And with this one, we got to learn because you know shoddy and sparker just said no get out of here um but like it's (laughs) it's a very different thing but there is something to be said for you know if there's just weird bad luck uh i feel like we've talked about uh you say rock paper scissors and i say fire water grass core but we've talked about the like transitive property of sports so much in the last like 10 episodes but Mm -hmm. yeah if you just get a bad rock paper scissors fire water grass core uh situation it doesn't make the grand finals feel weird. At least it seems like double a is a little bit better at that. But I do also agree that the fact that like all of the bottom, uh, the, like the lower bracket games feel scarier because they should. Yeah. And it's just like, what if all the upper bracket games felt like that? Like football doesn't have it, you know, it's just, so it, it, there is, I definitely agree. There's something to be said about both, but if you want just strictly more exciting, simple, single elimination is the way to go.
1: Yeah, it's it it's like you said, there's a trade-off, right? If you're trying to like statistically get to the like, well, actually like Atlanta Rain would have won fifteen times that like sure. In a in a magical imaginary simulated world, you could have Hangzhou play Atlanta a hundred times. And whoever won more of those hundred games was the winner of that game. And you kind of get to that by having them have this double elimination thing. But I think when you get to the top four, I don't know. I I was okay with it. And, and I was okay with Boston losing, and in my head, that was just it. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of that was just it, uh, you want to talk about the future of the league and the future of the uprising, given what we learned in the last 12 hours? Do I want to? No. Am I prepared <laughs> to? Yes. Also, no. Am I going to? Anyway.
0: Um, my freedom of the press obligations, because we are press? Yes.
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, so... Right after League ended, and if you skipped the f- actual grand finals because you're not a Florida or Houston fan or whatever, do yourself a favor and at least go back and watch the last like 10 minutes because Zoe basically gives like a eulogy of Overwatch League that is really beautiful, like the whole desk was in tears. Uh, and then if that wasn't enough, they like roll credits with like this montage that has alarm and a ton of flashback moments and it's it's a nice visual like if you're struggling to like find peace with like this could be the end that could be Jover like this was sort of a nice way to like process that uh and then q uh i'm it I'm tired twelve o one p m is noon, yeah, okay, so at noon the day after grand finals the overwatch league uh x ne, twitter account. Posted, with the completion of the 2023 Overwatch League season, we will be focusing on building our vision of a revitalized esports program. We're eager to share more with you as details are finalized. This is kind of the writing on the wall, I think, as far as everyone been talking all season about the rumors and the $6 million payouts to teams, blah, blah, blah. The fact that right after regular season ended, like the LA Gladiators website just stopped working. Basically, they stopped selling stuff and dropped the roster
0: uh who knew that dante was the only thing keeping that team alive
1: (laughs) (laughs) right if that's if that's what your team's dependent on maybe you should dismantle i don't know um but yeah and so literally following up on that you know lots of teams have had various announcements but uh today the uprising have let me see do 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 yeah, the uprising
0: them to extend or look into free agency it it felt like a release but it was like a yeah after the yeah. most successful season in Boston
1: Uprising history today is bittersweet as we will allow some members of our roster to explore the free agent market heading into 2024 we are excited to build off the team's performance this past season blah 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 Uh, to me this feels a little bit like we want our players to succeed whether it's in owl or not or in like a saudi arabian e-league which i've seen some players like posting very aggressive like lfts for um the like pga live of overwatch uh but yeah it's still it still just sucks to see like a thank you bird ring thank you twilight lee jagon Izayaki a like it's rough and then you get staff impacted too right supreme haney Riv. So it's it's a very like somber moment. This is like the in case you didn't feel like it was over before, this makes it feel more over. It's interesting to me, and this is my like dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance moment. Moby Dick Decay Smurf. Is that the core that you would want to build a team around if this league survives in any way next year?
0: Um that's because that's all that's left, right? That is all that's left. Yes. I'd like to save some part of the support line just because it feels like having someone who understands the current system, which the system worked to some. I mean, you know, I, I think when we first talked about when this roster got announced, I said something along the lines of like you know, this team needs to be shooting to be like number two or three. And yeah, mm-hmm. they had four, but you know, it Pawns was actually paper. two, let's be honest. So, yeah. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. But anyway, so like, you know, the second best team in the Overwatch League this year, undisputed, Uh thank you, Danny Rand, Um, this team, like, it, it's a system that works. So I would love if we could have kept someone in every single category, just so when this team gets rebuilt, absolutely hopium copium whatever this is going to get rebuilt and we're going to do this again we're going to run it back um there was someone in every department that like understood how to teach the people coming in what they should do if i had to pick you know two players i mean smurf's definitely a good start you know yeah. played most of the games that we had and is a, a role star candidate got absolutely robbed whatever and then decay was a lot of times putting the team on his back a lot of the times the team like needed to be on his back and it's just his back wasn't strong enough and i don't think that was totally his fault but it's not they are definitely not the two worst players that i would pick to build this team around uh, i i just wish that someone in the support line and honestly if iziaki and lee jagon have to be a package then i would completely understand that and just say okay smurf decay twilight and it's just i mean there are there are some Overwatch League teams that like we've built in the past that wouldn't be able to win at 6v3 against that, that thing. So it's just, it'd be nice if we had one more person to stay, but regardless, I mean, the team we built anyway, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, these two players are horrible to build a team around. You yeah. can just pick any two and it'd be fine. But I think the fact that they come from two different sections of the roster is a, a good sign.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I agree. Smurf, hands down, in my opinion, given the importance of the tank role and his insane flexibility. And outside of that, I mean, it could be, you don't know which of these players are going to retire, which of these players are, you know, already grinding Valorant or something else. Like, Birdring probably could have a very successful career in any kind of DPS hit-scan role in any game. Maybe he's going to become a Counter-Strike 2 pro. Um... And Decay's young, I don't know, relative to, to everyone else and doesn't have that ring. And maybe that that hunger was part of why he is still, as of this moment, as of recording on the roster. So we'll see. I, I think, you know, talking, I'm remembering back talking with Pre before the season, all the interactions with like Voodoo Man and the folks over at Oxygen Esports. Like there is a huge love of esports. And I think of Overwatch, competitive Overwatch in general with this this organization you know i think there's a very real chance that blizzard gets the the head nod from all the team owners and they go yes we'd like our six million dollars please thank you very much goodbye uh sort of clean breakup as they get absorbed into microsoft but i think i don't know i'm 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 gonna be cautiously optimistic and say that there's going to be a world of competitive overwatch heading forward now like we joked about before whether that means you know the boston uprising are playing in it or uh the oxygen esports team is playing in it or the like duncan munchkins are playing in it i don't know but uh yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting future and it's been a wild ride like you know like you said following this team for all these years where it's been so flipping depressing at times and just sticking with it like doing this podcast with you and the other guys and and talking to other folks in the discord and just having this shared fandom uh it's it's been amazing i I wouldn't trade it for the world
0: yeah one of my favorite things that i've seen um like tangentially about the podcast in general was uh you had talked about it the interview with pre and it got posted on the Uprising um, Reddit subreddit, and some person goes, "Oh, the Uprising have a podcast." And then <laughs> I, it was probably Alpha. Alpha was like, "Oh no, it's it's made by fans." And then he responded you're telling me there's a bunch of fans that kept doing a podcast about the Boston Uprising. They must have the mental fortitude unparalleled. (laughs) And it was like, I've never felt more validated at that point. I was like, yeah, you know what? That was a cool thing that we did. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's like definitely like (laughs) memeable. Like, oh, you you know, (laughs) reached top 500 in in Overwatch on support. Yeah, but have you ever followed an overwatch league team for five years with a losing record (sighs) but yeah i think let's uh
0: i have alpha try on by the way i don't know you know what let's
1: let's do it and just again shout out to alpha for giving us this trivia bit and segment the whole season it's been it's been great
0: alpha definitely um i think this season is this season six yeah yeah Alpha Trion's definitely the season six uh, weekly uprising fan MVP. I, I don't, I mean, I'm. that's my vote. If you have a different vote, go for it. But like, I think he's definitely the uh, MVP. For Not
1: only team. do I completely agree, I'm changing his Discord role now to say exactly that. Oh, excellent.
0: What did he say? He has like a weird Discord role that was like Reddit guru or something from when he put out that like power ranking. Reddit sensei. Reddit sensei, yeah, and yeah. You put out that power ranking, and be like, here's how I feel. Coaches are, and then a bunch of people were like, you're garbage, and this is the <laughs> worst thing you could have ever done. And they're all gonna get fired. And I literally was like, Yiska, shut up. He just put up a power ranking. I'm sorry, like it's it's Reddit. You can do Reddit keeps shutting down subreddits for having racist comments. Why don't you get mad at those people instead of Alpha for just putting up a? A power ranking. And it was, yeah, it was a very, uh, I felt very protective of my own in that time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, Alpha's now our Reddit sensei. And I was like, Yiska's not a Reddit sensei. But anyways, <laughs> Yiska, I'm sure you're a great guy. But in that moment, I was like, you need to, you need to calm down. In the words of Taylor Swift. All right, let's hit hit the Alpha Triad Alpha Trivia music <laughs> and let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen. The moment you've
1: all been waiting for. It's time
0: for Alpha Drone's Alpha Trivia. All right. We have five, count them, five questions on this one. Oh, boy. All right. Question, for each of these players, please answer true or false. Ooh, 50-50, love it. Whether or not they have been on an OWL team during every season. Note, any part of the season counts, no matter how small, and being a coach or manager also counts. Being a content creator does not, in all capital letters, count. All right, question one, Violet. Repeat to me the the, the qualifications again. Have they been in every On an owl team during every season. No matter how small it counts, being a coach or a manager counts, but being a content creator does not. So basically, contributing to success or failure in the server during a game, it seems like. Violet, I want to say, yeah. I was going to say, no. I feel like I didn't even. I I feel like season one, he wasn't like a thing. I guess I didn't think about Violet
1: until. We were drafting for fantasy that one time, which would have been 2020, I guess. So yeah, hadn't, well, I, yeah, I don't know.
0: I'm going no, you're going yes? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. All right. False. Violet made his debut in season two, but has remained an owl ever since he was on the San Francisco Shock from 2019 to 2020 and moved to the outlaws in 2023. All right. Question two. Fate.
1: This feels like someone who would have been a
0: content creator type of thing. So, does he play for? Because uh, Fate played for Shanghai this year. I think this is yes. Because Fate definitely played in season one. He was the third best. It was Gu Shui Fissure, or not Gu Shui. Um, it was if just you have Shui, a memory Fissure of them playing in
1: season one and they're playing now, I think that's a a yes. Because the number All of right. example, the exceptions from that, like Birdring retiring or Calius, like I think yes.
0: Okay, true. All right, fate has been on the LA Valiant, the Florida Mayhem, and the Shanghai Dragons from 2018 to 2020. He was teamless for part of 2023, but Shanghai signed him back for the second half of the season because Fletta was not a tank player. All right, question three, Bird Ring. This is no, right? Well, he was a content creator for the Gladiators after he retired, right? So it said being a content creator does not count.
1: Uh, then probably not. Okay. Unless he retired after like a brief stint in the season. No, I think he started last season retired. Okay. All right.
0: False. Bird yeah. Ring has been on the London Spitfire and the LA Gladiators until he retired in 2021. He returned to the Boston uprising in 23, uh, but he was not an owl for the entirety of 22. He had a very brief stint as a content creator for 2022, yep. but content creation does not count. All right. Yep. Cool. Next. Izzy Aki. <sighs> Did he played in ha- season one. I know he played in season two for the Valiant. I think yes, then. But okay. all right. True. Despite seeing Ooh. no play time due to being underage for most of the season, Iziaki was on the LA Valiant in 2018. Ah, uh, they supered him as of a mid-season signing. He moved to the Shanghai Dragons in 2019 and to the Boston Uprising in after 2022. All right, kariv does coaching do coaching roles count it's content a career? coaching and manager count so i think content creation doesn't yes. but coaching management does. yeah you just had to contribute to like wins and losses it i like. think no no all I right think Cur- i'm gonna go I think yes Cur- say no
1: i think yeah i think career had a gap between playing and coaching
0: okay at in the owl level true uh, it was a mainstay on the LA Valiant from 2018 and 19. He played for the Defiant in 20 and the Charge in 2021. In 2022, he was on the Florida Mayhem's bench for two months before transitioning to being a coach. And in 2023, he joined the Uprising as a coach.
1: Wow! Well, there and you go.
0: The if you make one, if
1: your if your journey includes a, d- a detour through APAC, then I have your
0: career is m- missing a chunk of time to me. Oh, 100%. percent. Yeah. All right. Question six. Last one. And thank you again, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tryon. Neko. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to say no. I was going to say no as well. I feel feel like 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 he was new. He was new when
1: he joined the uprising in what, like season
0: two? No, he was in season one. He was part of the like that uh, stage three, um, uh, whatever. Perfect stage. And then I remember Is it bad that I Snow only went.
1: remember Snow and a Vast from the support line from season one. You don't remember Kellex? Oh, Kellex was season one. Or aim god. It's all just a blur in my head, man. At this <laughs> point, <laughs> I don't know how we've had five seasons of different rosters that I've like roughly kept track of. We this have feels and we've like, had six. I feel I know. I feel like <laughs> I should. I should do like the name every Pokemon, like Sporkle challenge and try to name every uprising player we've ever had.
0: I tried to do, someone posted it in our Discord. The biggest problem I had was I can't spell any of these people's names. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah, like Half tough. of them
0: were like, oh, well, I put a Q in there instead of a, a a two cent or whatever it was. And I wasted so much time being like, how how do you spell this person's name? And yeah, um, all right. Sorry. Anyway, uh Neko, so we're both going no? Yeah, I think so. False. Alright. Neko was on Boston Uprising in 2018, the Defiant in 2019, and in 2020, he was a coach for the Charge as part of the season. 2022, he was a coach and player coach for the Spark. In 2023, he became a coach for the Outlaws. However, he was not in OWL for all of 2020. There go. you go.
1: Didn't, wait, wait, wait. Neko, why do why do I think Neko played for the Justice?
0: You thinking of Aim God? The other Maybe. Flex support we had in Season 1? He Maybe for the justice.
1: It. Maybe that's it. Also, hey, you, if you if you Google Neko Justice, you get a weird variety of results.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone tells me if you Google blank, you get a weird amount of results, I just go, all right, I just can't look at that then. <laughs> like uh, Is it yeah. like cat stuff?
1: There's there's something about Northeast Kingdom organizing, which I'm assuming is some weird like mega church. There's a persona five fan page uh and then yes there's some images with cats and pride symbols and cat mates and i'm just gonna exit this tab thank you thank you bing um but yeah is that it is that is that our alpha tryon that was all of alpha
0: tryon's alpha trivia
1: well it's uh yeah it's it's bittersweet i think uh we like the rest of you are kind of just in the waiting game and gonna wait and see what happens to to overwatch league and these players and these teams you know if if there is an uprising next year we certainly want to cover it if they're not affiliated with boston as a city but an org i don't know maybe that changes stuff maybe it doesn't or yeah i don't know but either way you can look forward to our future podcast on uh anime recommendations and brewing tips from snowy and danny Sounds
0: awesome.
1: (laughs) Uh... I think I say this every time, or at least I'd like to think I've done a good job of saying it every time, but genuinely thank you for listening. If uh, if you've made it this far and toughed it out this much, uh, I, I'd like to think that listening to our podcast on a regular basis is not as soul-sucking as having supported this team for the last six years. But, you know, we've gotten better too, I think. And, and if you've been with us since the very early days, thank you. It, it, this, has been, this has been a really fun ride. And uh, Boston up, forever and always. Yeah, here's what we'll do instead. We're just going to get audio of everyone in the Weekly Uprising Discord just clapping and saying congratulations in a circle like the end of Evangelion. And no further explanation, thank you. And that's that's it for the show for this season.
0: Congratulations. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Hey, good job. Congratulations.
1: I too have seen this anime. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Congratulations!
0: Is that an anime? I don't know what that is. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, uh, I've heard an I've heard of Neon Genesis. That that's an anime, right? Yeah, that's
1: a- all right. All right. Well, I'm I sorry. this I've just decided what our our next show is going to be about. If this whole thing goes belly
0: up, <laughs> just, I'm just going to introduce
1: you. Skier anime shows and get your reactions in in real time
0: yeah i'm curious if people think we're charming enough that they'll listen to us not talk about the overwatch league that's like another thing that you know the the news of the impending doom i was just like oh man i'm not gonna have something to to talk to my buddy about and then people are just gonna be like oh well the 15 people that listen to this show on a weekly basis are all going to go away, and then it's just going to be like you know me, Snowy, and Space just being like, "Oh yeah, did it sound good? Yeah, it sounded good." And then that'll be it because you know they were only in it for the content we were talking. We will,
1: we will find something. We'll find something, or maybe a smorgasbord of things. We'll have segments. You know, Danny's uh, Power Hour for brewing tips and things.
0: Uh, don't don't tell me that'll I will make the worst <laughs> podcast that no one wants to listen to, and I will talk about it for way too long. Challenge accepted.